Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast. This is your Mexico City Grand Prix review in which we will discuss a stroll in the park for the now title favourite Max Verstappen, damage limitation by Lewis Hamilton, the hometown hero making history in front of his people and more. My name is Adam, I'm your host and as ever we are joined by our good friends and F1 analyst Joe and Jimmy. How are you both doing this Monday afternoon following another Grand Prix in this tumultuous season? Joe, we'll begin with you. I'm all right, thanks. Um, not the greatest race, but it's F1, so... Well, yeah, I mean, we've been spoiled this season with above-average races, while this was a firmly below-average race. It certainly was, but... There were still plenty of talking points. Jimmy, what did you think? Uh, not a very good race on the whole. But yeah, you know, some races are better than others, right? So, you know, you have to take the rough with the smooth and uh, move on to the next one and hope it's a bit more exciting. Well, the issue was that the cars were overheating if they got too close to one another, which didn't lend itself to great racing. Uh, so even Valtteri Bottas couldn't overtake a broken McLaren in front of him and yeah as a result of going backwards despite starting on pole position he obviously was in a fairly quick car he couldn't really do much and <laughs> I saw a tweet uh, where I can't remember who said it but they said that Valtteri Bottas probably wishes there was a restart button on, on that race mm. and yeah that pretty much summed up his afternoon but anyway we'll get into that Let's begin with where we usually do the biggest winner. Now, Jimmy, we'll begin with you on this this week. Um, I would have to say Red Bull for that one, um, simply because I think there were 20-odd points behind at the start of the weekend in the Constructors' Championship. And now I believe they've got a one-point lead. or they're behind. No, they're one point behind. One point behind, so they've virtually yeah. eliminated the deficit that there was. So... Um, a couple of races ago, I thought that Mercedes would definitely have the Constructors' Championship, but now it's not looking too sure. Uh, so Red Bull for my uh, biggest winners this week. I, I agreed with you on that one. Uh, obviously, Max Verstappen winning and extending his lead. That's where their focus is. And then Perez getting the podium in Mexico. Apparently, Red Bull, their sponsorship is the highest it's ever been. Uh, so... From from a brand perspective, Red Bull are probably the biggest winners, not just in terms of the numbers and the, the titles that they're going for this season. So really well done by them. But it was meant to be their race to dominate, wasn't it? It was always going to be a Red Bull track. We all knew that to begin with. It's just that Mercedes uh, qualifying kind of shock result where they managed to get pole in second place, that kind of shook it a little bit up. It ended up helping Red Bull and gave them a slipstream right down to the first corner. So, yeah, really good weekend for Red Bull. They enjoyed it, and it's looking good for them now in terms of the title, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, um, well, I'm going to make it, just like last week, a clean sweep of Red Bull biggest winners. Um, so, and yeah, I, I think I texted you after the race saying, I think if Red Bull win in Brazil then it's game over. Um, it's all over 
Hamilton seventh. Second. But yeah, um, so, yeah, I think but there's no team that comes close to winning on the scale that Red Bull did this weekend. It was a huge one. But as you say, it was meant to be a Red Bull thing. It was meant to be their track. And it did turn out to be in the end. But, yeah. It was their track for sure. I mean, they've won twice there in the past when Mercedes were quite clearly on top throughout the season, I think in 2016 and 2017, when they had an un- unbelievably fast car, even they beat Mercedes there. And it, it was that Honda engine, isn't it? The, the design with that always lended itself to the higher altitude mm-hmm. where there is less juicy air for the engine to suck in and enjoy. Yeah, the, the Honda has always performed well there and the Red Bull high downforce in that that low density air also helped them around the tight twisty bits and having driven around the mexican grand prix circuit with joe on on saturday evening there are some corners some that you don't expect coming up um, <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, you do yeah. expect them if you know the track yeah it turns out i don't know the track as well as i thought i did but anyway we won't get bogged down by that what we will get bogged down by is red bull are the biggest winners this week so fair play to them but they haven't won the championship yet and uh, Mercedes well in through Valtteri Bottas did I suppose well uh, to take that point away from Max Verstappen for the fastest lap even though Valtteri Bottas did you see he got slowed down by Max like Max slowed down four seconds uh, to kind of block Valtteri Bottas's fastest lap attempt. <laughs> so they pitted him again for another set. Uh, and he was just doing a few quali laps, really, towards the end. He had nothing to lose, literally nothing. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the biggest losers. And we'll go with you, Joe, to begin with. Well, I'll continue on the Valtteri Bottas theme. He's done an outstanding lap to get pole in a car that we didn't expect to be on pole, and then it all goes wrong in the space of not even a corner, a straight. Um, and he then spends the remaining 70 laps stuck behind the car that took him out. So n- I imagine not a, not a very fun afternoon for Valtteri, and he'll be very disappointed. And it will also, yeah, it'll be a big confidence knock for him as well, which is unfortunate considering the results that we've seen from him since the summer break, really. Well, yeah, up until this weekend, I think he and Max Verstappen were like a point apart in terms of the last five races, mm-hmm. points scored. Yeah. Which shows the sort of form he, he, he was in. And yeah, it was a stellar lap on Saturday. But he had a job to do, didn't he? Him and Hamilton were ahead of the Red Bulls. They had to keep the Red Bulls behind. That is probably easier said than done, given that the Red Bulls were just simply half a second faster each lap. But he did make it a bit easy for Max Verstappen to stay on the racing line, break on the grippiest bit of circuit and overtake him. Um, what, what do you guys think on that? Was Valtteri a little bit to um, risk-averse by breaking early and kind of going over to the right a bit. It seemed like he wasn't fully maximising the width of that Mercedes. Yeah, I don't think he was uh, either. Uh, I'm not sure why he didn't block the staffing off a bit more. But I think, overall, I think Red Bull would have still won. 
I mean, I haven't seen that sort of dominance since maybe Abu Dhabi last year, final race of the season, where Max just went out and nobody caught him. Um, so, yeah, I think that he sh- probably should have blocked him a bit more, but I think that, you know, it wouldn't have made a huge difference. And Jimmy, who's your biggest loser? Well, stay with you. I would have to say um, McLaren. Um, it wasn't a very good race for them. Ricardo uh, crashed into Bottas. Um, wasn't a great race for Lando, though, really. Um, so, yeah, McLaren for my uh, my uh, biggest loser. I was with you there, with McLaren being the biggest losers. Norris, yeah, the engine penalty decided his weekend and he, he didn't really get, get much out of it as a result. Ricardo, why didn't he get a penalty? It, it was a bit weird almost, that he didn't get a penalty. I mean, I know it's first Gazi lap. Because he got a penalty. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, doing that sort of thing to Alonso. Mm-hmm. I suppose Ricardo was penalised by breaking his front wing. He still should have had a penalty. I mean, mm. Valtteri got stuck behind him for h- half the race. You know, the whole race. It yeah, felt like for yeah, Valtteri. exactly. So, like, how can that? That can't be fair. He he should have got a sort of ten second penalty in the pits or something like that. But the the key thing for McLaren was that they had another poor race and. Ferrari had another solid one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they did well to get, what was it, fifth and sixth? It was, yeah. Up. Mm-hmm. Ferrari and Maranello, they're, they're kind of racking up the points and they're gaining a little bit of momentum into these last four races. And now, Ferrari are now ahead by something like 12 points. It's not looking great for McLaren, who probably need the money a bit more than... Um, Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> That's it. They're only the most famous team in the world, Adam. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I was thinking about this as well. Sorry, Adam, for to interrupt. But it, the prize money doesn't matter as much as it did in previous years because there's a budget cap. Exactly. So McLaren finishing fourth potentially could be better than finishing third because they get also more development time. So they could make the car for next in year the, better. In the wind tunnel and things like exactly. that. Exactly. So potentially it could work out quite well for them i believe that it gives them more time in the wind tunnel developing the car for 2023 all right not 2022 no so ferrari in fact have an advantage for 2022 because they did so badly in 2020 so it's like a two-year thing oh i didn't realize that oh right that's cleared up now um well we can agree though the Valtteri Bottas is unlucky and McLaren are slipping up just towards the end, aren't they? But we're going to give it to McLaren, the biggest loser. So well done to you, Welk- Woking. <laughs> it feels a bit harsh giving it to them, though, because we've, we've all got... No, I, I feel like most people have a soft spot for McLaren and Ferrari and probably Valtteri Bottas. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it doesn't feel good, any of this. But what does feel good is the moment of the weekend usually <laughs> i was gonna say it's not a not a great one to pick from but there we go <laughs> but there weren't that many you're right fortunately qualifying was quite exciting mm-hmm. so i'm going to say q3 the final session of qualifying the top 10 shootout for me was the most exciting because still you thought that red bull they they were the faster car and Mercedes surely they weren't going to do it and then they well Valtteri Bottas especially comes out with some stonking times and then 
Verstappen's trying to come back. He wasn't improving. And then there was that, that kind of mix-up with Sonoda, who, looking back at it, I, I feel sorry for him uh, being criticised by the Red Bull hierarchy. He was just driving off the track to get out of the way. Perez got distracted by it, and that caused an issue for Verstappen. So it was all a bit messy, despite having four cars all working to get Max Verstappen in the lead. It ultimately led to Red Bull having an advantage going into turn one. So was it calculated by Red Bull? I don't know. I don't think it was calculated. Jimmy, do you think that Red Bull calculated the qualifying so that they could have the slipstream for turn one? Or is Christian Horner not clever enough for that? I don't think so. Definitely not. No, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, you know, if you saw the last corner of uh, Verstappen's hot lap, um, he was fishtailing and squirrelling about trying to get the power down. So he was obviously trying his hardest to get the time back that he lost. But that's another thing that I want to pick pick on Verstappen for, actually. At the end of the uh, qualifying, he went to the, uh, did the post-interview, qualifying interview, and he sort of said, oh, that put me off that middle sector bit. And, you know, if they weren't there, I would have got the, the quickest lap and all that sort of stuff. Not in those words. But, I mean... He was down on the first sector. So it's not like yeah. he was two tenths up on the first sector and then he got distracted. He was already down a tenth. So it's easy to say, oh, yeah, they distracted me and I would have been fastest. But, you know, um, whereas Hamilton, I think, fair play to him. If he makes a mistake, he always owns up to it and says, you know, they were better than me or I just didn't have the pace. Um, so that's just something I wanted to get off your chest. So that was my moment of the race. The end of qualifying. We'll stick with you, Jimmy. What was yours? Checo Perez's dad running around with the Mexican flag being incredibly happy that his son finished in third place. Um, I mean, he just went absolutely crazy. I haven't seen another sort of... Even Anthony Hamilton doesn't do that, you know? And his son's a seven-time world champion. Um, But yeah, it was just lovely to see. And it obviously meant a lot for him. Um, So yeah, it was Checo Perez's dad. Ole, 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 <laughs> Checo, Checo. Oh, I promised Joe that I wouldn't chant on the podcast, didn't I? Uh, what, what was your moment, Joe? Um, I'd just go for the first, the start. I, I do. Well, I hate it. I also love it in Mexico. The way they, uh, that the, the grid just sort of bunches right up, and they're like two lines of ten into the first corner. Um, yeah, it's always exciting having, like, those super long rundowns to the first corner. And, you know, from an objective standpoint, it was a very entertaining start. It's it's Mexico, Sochi, Belgium at the end of the Camel Strait. Yeah. Oh, four, four abreast going into a little bit of a chicane. Beautiful stuff. You're right. It's is usually carnage down there at the first corner and it didn't disappoint did it so and it was critical to the race probably the most action we had all race so yeah i would understand why you would give that the moment of the weekend but we will move on to our honorable mention and i'm giving it to lewis hamilton yes it wasn't a great weekend from a championship perspective yes he started second finish second he couldn't improve but this was a red bull circuit he managed to split the red bulls despite them being half a second a lap faster 
Checo Perez was really hounding him towards the end. And yeah, I think it was damage limitation. I would say going into the weekend, he would have taken second. Uh, so a lot of people are criticizing him, saying he's lost it. I'd say that was as solid drivers he's he's done all season. He's done everything he could do with that car on the day. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Lewis. But there are many other people you can give an honourable mention to. And I'm sure one of you, or both of you, will will have your opinions too. We'll start with you, Joe. Uh, I think it's got to be Pierre Gasly. P4. Absolute rocket. Uh, I mean, I think a few... A few podcasts ago I named Carlos Sainz Mr. Honourable Mention but I think Gasly's got to be in with a close shout of that title as well in the uh, Honourable Mention World Championship but um, but yeah no the guy just does a super job week in week out I mean I saw a tweet just say um, that I agree with saying that F1 just seems a bit too easy for him at the moment it's like you know he's he's in a sort of no, you know, no offence to Alpha Tauri, a bit of a nothing team. Um, and he's just sort of cruising around, getting results that are higher than what he should get. So, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to see him in a sort of team where there's a bit more pressure, you know, a McLaren, Ferrari, even one of the top end of the grid teams and see what he could do again in that category. But at the moment, just cruising around, picking up really, really great results. Would it be harsh to say that... Uh, Pierre Gassi and Alpha Tauri is the equivalent of Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United. Like, in just a really average team, well, banging goals in. As we said, uh, Pierre Gasly was also banging the goals in a few weeks ago, so, you know. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> when he played in that charity football match. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, he's clearly a level above where he is right now, and I'd love to see him in a, in a team that, that really suits him and where would that be i mean the obvious one's alpine if they can get their car a bit further up the grid um but i mean is his chance gone at red bull i don't know um i'd say probably but you never know i mean they haven't kept him round in the junior team for nothing it's difficult because a top team having seen him at red bull don't really want to take a risk yeah that's that's the issue. But like Albon, he was there too soon. Great shout with Pierre Gasly, Joe. But we'll move to Jimmy, who will come with another shout, I'm sure. Yeah, um, my shout this week is Valtteri Bottas. Um, he did a, uh, a brilliant qualifying lap, um, put it on pole, which is fantastic. Um, his lap was incredible. I, mean, I don't know if you see the onboard, but it was glued to the track. There's no sort of twitches or anything. It was just... Yeah, it was just a phenomenal lap from him. Um, and then, unfortunately, into the first corner, he got tapped by Ricardo, and it sort of damaged his, well, completely destroyed his race. Um, and I felt really sorry for him uh, because he could have potentially finished third. And if he finished third and Perez fourth, you know, it, it would have been a lot better for Mercedes. Um, say, so yeah, say Bottas, because um, he made, uh, yeah, he did a brilliant. Um, lap, lap in qualifying. He's great on a low grip sur- surface, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, very good. And that's what it was. Yep, a good shout. I also feel like Yuki Sonoda deserves a mention because he had his confidence knocked really hard 
earlier in the season and he seems to be generating a bit of form another top 10 um, in qualifying I know he had the engine penalty which he was unfortunate to get and he got a, a load of stick from Horner and Helmet Marco I think he was doing the best that he could in the situation really mm-hmm. it's crazy I mean Perez you know decided to go off track it wasn't it's like he forced him off so it's just a load of rubbish isn't it yeah Perez got distracted by it and as a result of them both going off Verstappen slowed down anticipating the yellow flags that didn't come because both of his teammates were getting out of the way for him like what more do you need anyway we won't we won't get drawn in by that because it's time for the aj on the line line of the week a a great award and we'll begin with you joe mine was in in qualifying which you and i watched together and uh we we both found this particularly funny. Uh, it was just it was it was it was peak Ferrari. This um, so Carlos Sainz crawls down the pit lane um, and radios his team saying, "I've got no power." To which his engineer responds, "Don't worry, it's coming." <laughs> As a, oh no, we've sent Carlos out the carriage with without the power again. Oh no. <laughs> It's on its way. <laughs> Two to three working days. It's on its way. The power's on its way to you. It's just, oh, I mean, I like to see Ferrari getting closer to the uh, the tough end of the grid, but that's just peak Ferrari from the past few years. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're... Sometimes they just forget to send their driver out with any power. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll remember it next time. <laughs> Just crack on anyway. We'll be there. <laughs> Jimmy, do you have an AJ on the line line of the week? That was a pretty good one from Joe. It is. I don't think it's quite as good. My AJ on the line line of the week is uh, from Hamilton at the end of the race uh, saying, Verstappen's speed, unbelievable, uh, but I won't give up. Um, and I, I, I'm saying this as a Lewis Hamilton fan because I'm trying to cling on to any hope that is available. <laughs> Um, but I think that he still hasn't given up. And, you know, Formula 1 is a very unpredictable sport and he can still win this championship. And it's great to hear that sort of um, message coming from Lewis um, because it shows he's a fighter and he's not going to give up. Well, you, let's let's have a think about it. It's a good point. Next time out, it's a sprint race. So what will probably happen... Is a crash between Lewis and Verstappen. Damn, you've stolen my prediction. <laughs> and then it's looking like circuits that will go either way. So if Hamilton can generate a bit of momentum, not that Max Verstappen believes in momentum, according to what he's told the media, um, he just needs to keep getting those first places in. And if we talk seven points differential, it's still possible. It is still possible, Jimmy. It is, yeah. And I sincerely hope it is. But if Max does, w- oh. if Max wins in Brazil, as I said, th- then finishing first with Max second no longer is it's not enough, is it? It becomes like the end of twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. which is where Bottas and Perez come into play so much. Because if obviously Mercedes can one two the final three races, then it's a different ball game. It is indeed. Whether that happens, though, don't know. <laughs> Time for my AJ on the line line of the week and. This was just 
a beautiful piece of poetry between Sebastian Vettel and his engineer. So his engineer said, So, Seb, tyres are good, brakes are good, engine is good, pace is good. And Seb responded by saying, Yes, thanks. Weather is good too. <coughs> so he, he was just adding to that positivity between him and his Aston Martin engineer. I just felt like that was a really wholesome moment between uh, the, the two brilliant legends of motorsport in Sebastian Vettel and Aston Martin. So a nice one to round off on, but I'm going to give it to the Ferrari line. <laughs> because <laughs> we had a good chuckle, didn't we? I'm sure we weren't the only ones. <laughs> it just felt like Ferrari. It's like when you, you sip hot chocolate with Baileys in it and you think, that's Christmas. You listen to Ferrari come up with a magical line like that, a new thing. That's Ferrari. Grazie, <laughs> ragazzi, forza, Ferrari. Uh, anyway, those were our awards for the Mexican Grand Prix, or the Mexico City Grand Prix, as it's known. But Jimmy raised a good point to me that we'd forgotten to rate the race. So I'm going to let Jimmy and Joe do that now. We'll begin with you, Jimmy. What are we rating that Mexico City Grand Prix? Uh, a four, I would say. Um, it really wasn't a very good race, to be honest. It's quite boring. Uh, it's procession. Um, and it probably would have been a lot higher if Hamilton would have won. Granted. <laughs> <laughs> However, he didn't. Um, so, um, yeah, four, unfortunately. In all seriousness, if Hamilton had won that Grand Prix against a Red Bull, something mad must have happened. Yeah. So you're probably right. Before you answer what your your rating is, Joe, what did you rate the Belgian Grand Prix? Did I give it a zero or a one? Probably a one. I think I might have given it a one for qualifying. Yeah. Okay. I, ju I was just interested because Belgium was the biggest trough that you can have in terms of yeah, yeah. qualifying races, just so that we can understand. What was your rating for the Mexico City Grand Prix, Joe? It'd be a three, I think. I mean, it was pretty boring. There was some first corner action. There was a few overtakes. Um, there was, I suppose, there was the tension with Perez hunting down Lewis. But other than that, not really. It was basically watching cars drive about three or four seconds behind one another um, to keep cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I've got to say, I had a moment during the race where I was fighting off the sleep. <laughs> In all fairness, though, it was it was quite close to your bedtime, so, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it didn't help that I'd had a big dinner and the fire was on it, it was quite warm. and <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, Yeah, I had to get some dessert in me to to get the sugar levels up again. Um, anyway, it's less about my Sunday evening uh, because we need to think about next Sunday evening, the Brazilian Grand Prix, Interlagos, one of the best racetracks in the world, is it not? Definitely, I'm really excited to see it back. I wish we were having the championship finale there because that's, that's always it's the best. the place it is, yeah. for a, a classic decider. But, of course, the Middle East have a bit more money than uh, than Brazil. That's why the Middle East is where we finish. What were you saying there, Jimmy? Uh, 2008, do you remember? Hamilton, last corner. Four. 
2012 as well. Yeah, yeah, 2012 was just as good. Yeah. 2009, Button won. Yep. Although it wasn't actually the season finale, was it, in 2009? No, it wasn't. Okay, so looking ahead to Brazil, we need to get some predictions in to give these brilliant people who are listening, thank you for listening, by the way, a little bit of an idea of what is to come. So our sensible prediction is what we usually do first, and therefore we will do that again. Um, my sensible prediction is that Mercedes are going to be on pole position and Rebel are going to win the race. And the reason that I say that is because it looks like it's going to be slightly cooler on Saturday, but fairly warm on Sunday. And we know that Red Bull's tyre management is better than Mercedes. And, and as the heat goes up, tyre management becomes even more critical. Also, I think it is going to be tighter than we are giving it credit for because I, I think a lot of us think that uh, Interlagos is going to be a Red Bull circuit it probably will be but Mercedes are fast on the high speed sections and there's a big long sweep left in that circuit and then there's the long straight as well so half of the lap is going to be about who's got the fastest car Red Bull are then going to come back in the tight twisty sections so I think it might be interesting to see who comes out on top um, but I think that that was quite an elaborate, sensible prediction. So I'll mm -hmm. hand it over to Joe, who might have a more simple one for you now. Well, it's a sprint race. Uh, we've had two sprint races before, um, and then in the race, uh, certain two championship contenders have come together. So I think we're going to make it three out of three. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in the race are going to come together. Now, it will favour Verstappen to do this, won't it? Because he's got the points advantage. Yeah, but if Verstappen was going to win this race and extend his points advantage, then it would favour Lewis. This is also true. So, if, if I were to push you, Joe, who's initiating it and where is it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go f straight up first corner collision. 50-50. Just a 50-50. Uh, I'm going to say Max is going to... Because the pole position's on the outside in Brazil, isn't it? So I'm going to say Lewis is going to stick his nose in. Max is going to shut the door. They're both going to go off. First of all, that sounds pretty explosive. And I'm sure that Jimmy's favourite person in the world will have plenty to say. <laughs> but less about Little Jack and more about Jimmy's predictions. So what's your sensible prediction? Um, my sensible prediction is a... Um, Red Bull podium. Blimey. You're keeping That's it clean, a, that, that was very sensible. That's the most sensible prediction we've ever had. I know, right? But this is going to be Banzai, this next one. But, but remember, Jimmy, Martin Brundle always tells us that a half-hearted rugby tackle is dangerous. <laughs> it is, yeah, and I agree. And look at what happened to Valtteri Bottas with a half-hearted first corner. He got clouted from behind by Daniel Ricciardo. That's dangerous, you know. It is very give dangerous. Give us your Banzai prediction. See, see if you can make up for your your pure... Dim-wittedness. There we go. Something along those lines. We haven't decided that yet. But anyway, so my Banzai prediction is along the same lines as Joe, but I'm going to say where they're going to crash that's different to Joe. So what I predict is that... Um, Red Bull will be behind Mercedes 
So they'll try an undercut. Red Bull will come into the pits. Hamilton will go out, obviously. And then when Hamilton comes in for his pits with a Verstappen tyres one lap old, they're going to go into turn four, neck and neck. Verstappen's going to turn into Hamilton. Of course, because the pit lane feeds out onto that straight, doesn't it? Exactly. Verstappen's going to turn out into Hamilton. He's going to spin Verstappen round. And there we go. Hamilton gets a nice juicy 25 points. Verstappen's out of the race. And then Lewis is in the lead of the Drivers' Championship. That's how I'd love it to play out. But I don't know if it will. For those listening at home, can you hear Jimmy's smirk as he says this? <laughs> that I could actually, well, I, I could see the first corner happening, but that sounds really feasible. You've sold it to me, Jimmy. There's been other incidents there at Turn 4, I'm sure. Was it Vettel and Leclerc? Well, famously, uh, Max Verstappen's dad went over the top of Juan Pablo Montoya there. Oh, dear. So the family have former crashing at that corner. Yeah. Was he battling out for 10th or something like that? or No. Further back? Jos Verstappen was being lapped when Montoya <laughs> was winning. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> His first race it could have been. Oh, wow, yeah. That's not very good, is it? No. Similar to uh, Verstappen and uh, Ocon, but a flip way, flip way around Verstappen leading. Yeah, exactly. That's an interesting one, that anyway. Yeah, I... Well, my bold pr- prediction was that they were going to come together, but it would appear that <laughs> that's quite sensible <laughs> from Joe's perspective. I, I don't know. I feel like Valtteri Bottas is going to be the top of the timesheets, either for qualifying sprint race or the actual race itself. He's going to fight back. He He's on a roll still, even if he had a bit of bad luck in that last race. Um, yeah, I can see Bottas doing well. But, Joe, did you have a Banzai prediction to finish off with? Yeah, I, I'm going to build on uh, my sensible prediction. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be zero points all round for Mercedes and Red Bull. Oh, my god. I'm going to wow. say that that first corner incident between Hamilton and Verstappen is still going to happen. And then, obviously, Perez and Bottas will take over. They'll come together at some point in the race. So who wins? Lando Norris. Ho, ho, ho. That'd be lovely. That's quite a prediction, Joe. But I suppose that's what the Banzai prediction's for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moments exactly like that. They'll probably never, never happen, but if they do, you'll look pretty intelligent. Well, you are intelligent. <laughs> yeah, but I don't look it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... I think that's a good wrap-up of the Mexico Grand Prix and a preview for this weekend's race in Brazil. You don't have long to wait for the next race and it should be a little bit better than that one in Mexico City because the Brazilian Grand Prix is a little bit more overtakey. If that is... It's not a word, is it? <laughs> Let's be honest, but you knew exactly what I meant by that. Well, thank you very much for listening. All of you listening at home or on the bus or going for a run or wherever you are. And thank you to Joe and Jimmy for your insight. It was brilliant as ever. For more content, head over to ajontheline.com. Follow me on Instagram, why not? At AdamJW44. And whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else, please do leave us a rating leave us a review and tell us 
can Hamilton catch Verstappen with four races to go? It's getting tight, isn't it? What I do know is we're going to see you in Brazil. Have a great week and we'll see you there.